Hi, I'm Patrick. And I'm Kitty. And this is Diggin' Bones. Welcome back, Skeleton Crew, to Diggin' Bones. This is a podcast about the long-running television show Bones, and we are a married couple writing a mystery novel. What that has to do with Bones, not not, much, not much aside from the <laughs> fact that, you know, we're writing a mystery, Bones is a mystery. We uh, like mystery. It comes from a long-running book, you know, series. Hopefully we'll have a long-running book series that turns into a television show. And then people will do podcasts about our book. Yeah, maybe. But only after we go for many, many seasons, seasons. And, you know, put a lot of, like, car advertisements in the episodes, which happened mm-hmm. later in the, you know, driving around there. They're, yeah. Uh, Denali's or whatever and talking about the features I can't wait till we get to those episodes really (laughs) I had no idea what are you driving here Booth why this is a Denali it has all the bells and whistles and it's perfect it just flew right over my head really yeah oh man it got pretty obnoxious in the later episodes but this we're not there yet we're not there yet let's not rush into things (laughs) this is season one episode seven here we go. The man on death row. The man on death row. Now, uh, little tidbits about about this episode. This was um, this is another one of those out of order episodes that oh, we've seen it? a couple of them. Mm-hmm. You know, this one was filmed fourth. Oh. But it was released seventh. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think there's a couple of things that happen here. Mm-hmm. Like um our our friend Heavy D comes back. Right. As Sid, mm-hmm. the restaurant owner. In the continu in the continuity of the way this series is now, we haven't seen Sid in like many episodes. Like it's like three whole episodes. Where has Sid been? Yeah. But if we had been watching them right. in, in like the order that they were filmed, mm-hmm. Sid would have been more of a of a fixture. Right. So it's sort of like, that's kind of like, talks about the the feel of, uh, the feel. <laughs> Sorry, folks. We're recording. <laughs> we're recording in a different place than when than we usually do. We're we're speaking of continuity. We're usually downstairs in our in our living room. Yeah. Um, but we are, uh, in a more intimate area mm-hmm. today. Not the bathroom. Ew. <laughs> gross we're actually recording uh in our bedroom yeah and, and it's I, a little bit harder to I be comfortable apparently here. have no core strength <laughs> because i keep lying down so kitty's gonna do this uh uh podcast lounging i'm trying not to lounge <laughs> it's very hard though when you sit on a bed it's, full of pillows it's okay, it's okay. don't worry we, we still love I'm going to try to stay erect, y'all. <laughs> That's what he said. All right, let's go. <laughs> 
So, uh, episode seven, um, The Man on Death Row, is a heavier episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with, um, oh, well, a weird bit of business with, uh, with Bones and, uh, and Booth arguing over whether she mm-hmm. can have a gun. Well, they're doing a reapplication because he would never deny someone their constitutional rights. Oh, right. Which is very... American of him. Very American of him not to uh, stand in the way of somebody's constitutional rights mm-hmm. to try and get a gun. Also, I'd like to say that there's probably a, you know, conflict of interest with him being the person doing the application. Yeah. 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 True. Um, and this was weird to me because it talks about her being charged with a felony. Correct. And that happened, like, way back. It was the first episode. And, uh, no, was it the first one? It was the first. No, you're right. It was the first episode um, with the guy with the um, fish tanks. Yeah. And she shot him in the leg. Mm -hmm. And he arrested her on felony felony charges. Well, not the guy she shot, but Booth did. Yeah, Booth arrested her on felony charges. Um, Now, and it's been a long time since then. I spent you know six whole episodes, and I'm like, "How's a gal supposed I to remember, remember that?" I didn't far? remember that. I don't even know what I had for breakfast today. That's you know. So another another bit of you know. Who am I kidding? Weirdness. I know exactly what I've eaten. <laughs> That's like the most important thing in my life. Forget it. So um, from there we uh, we meet a young ambitious. Uh, uh, Ideologue of a lawyer, ideologue uh, who uh, is trying to save a man named Epps from the death penalty. Epps is there because Booth uh, was the investigating officer who found the evidence that placed uh, Epps at the time and the place to kill a young woman, um, and then Epps was given the death penalty. And so this young lawyer is asking Booth to please. Uh, look into it. Look into his face, she says, and make sure you're sure that he's going to get the, you know, death penalty, that he deserves that it. That he deserves it. And uh, Booth does this. He has some doubts, mm-hmm. uh, which takes him to the Jeffersonian to ask on a Friday night uh, right. to ask Temperance and her crew and the gang to please look in to the evidence and see if there's any shadow of a doubt right. that Epps is not our guy. And that leads to a um, countdown clock going, which that like does. ratchets up the little, you know, they do like a 24 right. sort of countdown clock, ratchets up the the. I think it started intensity. at 30 hours and started, ticked and down. Went to 28 immediately. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so they're racing against the clock to try to see if Epps deserves to die on death row and through that we have some intrigue we have some you know some mild relationship stuff going on Mm -hmm. and uh then we uh come to the twist of the episode and we find out that um that epps is probably a serial killer actually and he played booth Knowing that he was working with Temperance Brennan Mm -hmm. to get her to find evidence, dig up these new bodies, and therefore stay his execution 
while they investigate the new murders, which is going to take a very long yeah. time, but is going to save him from being killed immediately. Yeah. And that's how we end the episode. Um, there's a lot of emotional talk about the death penalty, mm -hmm. um, its rightness, its wrongness. Right. Um, but uh, really, I mean, w w when you... How do you, did you feel this was a pro-death penalty or sort of anti-death penalty uh, episode? Oh, I feel like they went straight down the middle. You do? Yeah. It felt very pro to me. But then... Because even at the end, even at the end when we discover that, you know, he's a serial killer, mm -hmm. his um, very tender-hearted liberal lawyer, who mm -hmm. he looks and says... You know, I'm going to need a good lawyer during these murders because there will be the appeals and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm -hmm. basically admitting that, yeah, it was him. Right. Um, and she, and he says, and he says, it's going to keep me from dying. And isn't that what we both want? Mm -hmm. And then she runs out in tears. I feel mm -hmm. like it was kind of like a gotcha, bleeding heart liberal. Boom. See? Not so easy. That type of thing. And it, it kind of ended there, too. Well, I think that's the whole point of it. It's not so easy. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's easy On for... On either side. I think it's easy for me. I've always been a anti-death well, penalty person. Your political opinions are very easy for you. <laughs> you are very... I mean, it's been easy for me to make that, to, to make that choice and say, I am not a pro yeah but that's what death i mean penalty you you, person. you look at the information and you firmly right stand on one side i do i am in always this case, I definitely straddling do. the middle almost always and you are you still straddling the middle on the uh on death penalty issues um you know f for the lion's share of them i think no, but then when she was talking about people in Rwanda cutting off the kids' heads of kids, right? Temperance like, goes hard. Yeah, Temperance goes hard in being like. And then I was like, "Well, God, I'm for the I'm for the death penalty." Real, real horrible. Do you know what I was saying? I was people, being, but I, was, I think they're like, you know, I think you should be saved for for those extremely. Right. Horrible people. Now, the victim's family are going to be like, well, this is the horrible, horrible right. person you're talking about. Right. But I'm talking like Hitler level. Right. And, yeah. And Rwanda and cutting babies' heads off. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think... <sighs> What's the song? It made me think of that, Jane. Is it Jane's Addiction song? Where he's like, some people should die. Yeah. That's just, just common com knowledge. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's what that was what Temperance was saying, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I'm like con classic Gemini. Yeah. Just like all over the place with my opinions. I mean, that's okay. That's where we all have our. Mm -hmm. We are all have our place. We all have our place. And we're it's not I mean exhausting living know, in the gray, right? isn't it? And we're not gonna we're not gonna litigate it here between you and I. No, no, of course not. Um but uh <laughs> Of course not. I say that as if we haven't bored it. 
people to death with our litigation so far. But whatever. I digress. Um, yeah, it's it's a it felt like a weird episode to me for that. It felt it felt very it felt very pro to me. It was shocking for me to hear, you know, Temperance saying you know, oh, I'm for the death penalty, like, mm-hmm. in really a hardcore way, and then bring out, like, the most extreme example of where it would be right. advice. When in the United States. Like, wipe, wipe those, she's like, wipe rarely. those motherfuckers off the face of the earth. But she's kind of like, she's kind of like that. And, I mean, she wants to shoot people. This is a very, this, like, episode is very, shows her capacity for... Anger. For anger and violence. Well, and I, she, I think she does need some anger management. At some point, she gets very angry at Howard Epps at the very end when mm-hmm. he's letting them, when he reveals he's been doing, tricking right. them all. She slams him down, his hand down onto the table to break his wrist. Yeah, does like a whole thing. And I was like, dude, you can't behave that way. <laughs> She does have, she does, she's kind of a loose cannon. I personally, I'm with uh, Booth here on not giving her a gun. She doesn't show Obviously. me. She doesn't show me that she is stable enough as a person to, you know, be running around with a gun. But then, you know, I go back to that first episode where she shot the guy. Yeah. She shot him in the leg and it was deliberately she, in the sure. leg. Yeah. And so, in the heat of the moment, she is still only out to injure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I, I, I wish more law enforcement was... Just in just injuring in, people? Yeah. Well, you know, if they <laughs> yeah. feel threatened. <laughs> sure. Rather than going straight for the kill the first time. Right. Right. Yeah. But... I can um, see that. You know, I'm not a law enforcement agent, and I don't know what they go through, so... Right. Yeah. Um, so Temperance is very, um, very angry, very violent in this one. Um, the rest of our cast is, uh, they're just kind of being who they are. Uh, we see, this, we'll get into relationship corner here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and talk some about the, some of the relationships here. We see, um... We see our two our two friends uh, mm-hmm. having uh, beetle um, competitions. Yep, beetle races. Now, are they race? Because it looked like it was it was sumo between um, Zach. And... I couldn't tell what the hell. I thought they were leeches for the beginning. Leeches. Till we rewound the way find... they were moving around. I couldn't tell. Well, let's be fair. I don't know where my glasses are. <laughs> I have once again mislaid my spectacles. <laughs> So, some things are a bit of a blur, and okay. I thought they were leeches. No, they they were definitely beetles, ah. and they were putting the beetles in a cup, and then lifting the cup. And I guess the first beetle to get out of the of the circle um, is is the one who wins. That sounds like a race, and sumo sounds more like a wrestle. Yeah, I was. It's hard to say, because I've seen documentaries where they like have the elephant beetles that that wrestle with their horns mm-hmm. and they'll put them in a ring and then they just kind of naturally like try to toss each other out of the ring hmm. they might even be called like sumo beetles or rhinoceros sumo beetles i don't know 
It is. They're big and they wrestle and stuff. Just keep talking. I'm googling. Um. <laughs> so, but these were not that. They were. They were. Um. Uh. Definitely like cockroach types of things. And Hodges complains uh, that his cockroach had um, um, sprained his groin or pulled his groin. Right. And Zach is very clear that uh, anthropods do not have groins. Well, of course they don't. So. All right. The rhinoceros beetle. Yeah. Is also called the elephant beetle. Okay. Same beetle. Also called the Hercules beetle. Yep. And the Atlas beetle. Yep. Or any of numerous species of beetles. Some okay. of which are the largest on Earth. Yeah. And they wrestle them. They fight them. Well, and they must, if they're called the Atlas Beetle, they must like to push Push, push things, them. like lift things up? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm surprised they didn't have those beetles. Maybe they did. But they decided to use cockroaches instead or whatever? They, what makes you think they were cockroaches? They look they like cockroaches. <laughs> They were long and black. Well, isn't a cockroach a beetle? Well, yeah, cockroaches yeah. are arthropods, but either way, you know, seemed like a weird again. choice. <laughs> uh, roaches are, in fact, beetles. They are, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't need to Google. No, no. Um, so they're being they're being friends, you know. They're throughout the investigation. They. They're fun with each other. They're nice. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Angela is um, Angela is on a date on Friday night mm-hmm. because this is all happening over the course of a weekend. Yep. And she starts out by basically saying, they ask her if she wants to play beetle racing with them. Yep. And she says, I'm going to go get some dick, basically. Right. She says, I'm going to go have sex, just like straight up. Like, right. no bones about it. With Troy. With Troy, with Troy, who looks a lot like Hodges. No. Yes, he does. No, he had a beard. Hodges had a beard, but he doesn't look like Hodges. No. They, they had sort of the no. same vibe. Uh-huh. The same sort of scruffy vibe. They they have the same sort of like no. uh, scruffy fuck, fuck boy deal. No. And they have a, both have a beard. And, and Troy's beard was gross. It was? And Hodgins has a very nice beard. Oh, okay. I mean, they both looked beardy to me. And Troy was working way too hard on his hair, where Hodgins' <laughs> hair is just it was very, oh, so it was very curly. Troy's hair was very sort of like, uh, uh, you know, specifically... Uh, M- moused. He was trying to go for like a punk rock safety. Must. Hair, That's what I mean. Specifically, must. Different lengths and popping up here and there yeah, and everywhere. Yeah. But no. Didn't it, it looks like he just didn't comb his hair. Yeah. What did Angela see him? Really? I mean, just like. Well, apparently, you think he was very cute. I thought he was gross. Well, his hair was dumb. He was cute. You know, but I don't. I don't think Angela's that picky either whoa she's just too are you slut shaming angela did i say that that was shameful (laughs) no you didn't say that it was shameful who's slut shaming now (laughs) sorry i said the the shamer has became the shamey that's right i didn't say there was anything wrong 
with not being picky. Okay. Do your thing. You, you don't have to be picky. If you've got a high libido, get it, after get it, it girl. Angela. Yeah. And she tries to get she tries to get temperance into it too. Yeah, she says, "Come to the cabaret." <laughs> she's she's quoting from Cabaret, which is really lame. It's is just it? it was a lame movie. It didn't work. It like it didn't work. I didn't believe that she'd ever seen it. You didn't believe that Angela, no, she the didn't sell artist, me. she didn't sell me whose on it. Dad was in ZZ Top, which we'll find out later. Spoiler alert. Um. You didn't believe that she had seen Cabaret? Uh, you know, she just didn't, she didn't sell me on it for some reason. Nah, that's baloney. She's yeah. totally seen Cabaret. Okay. A million times. Well, she didn't deliver those lines very well, is all I'm saying. Well, the actress might not have ever seen it, but the character <laughs> has totally seen it. Uh, my favorite part of that exchange where she's trying to get um, Brennan to come out um, and, and get laid with her i guess yeah by troy also no no she said troy can call a friend oh okay okay so have you ever had that happen where someone who's like (laughs) you know um i'm bringing my girlfriend with me do you have a guy who wants to put his dick in something no and just can you bring bring a friend to see like (laughs) no me neither it's weird. This is very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a single horny friend? Right. <laughs> that you can invite out? No. That's... That has to be a very specific ask for your for your friend. First of all, you have to have a single horny friend. Right. That's first. Second of all, it has to be the type of person that you wouldn't mind, you know, hanging out with. Like, that's, right. that's the other part. Is like, you have to be like... Because like, that could ruin your exchange for the right, evening exactly with your date like if he brings like this and real like, d-bag and you're yeah. like ew why are you friends with this person and i like i don't have anything against a single horny friend but you know maybe i that's not the person i, I choose to hang out with when you're time. trying to get yours right yeah what if single horny friend Horns in. But also I'm thinking of it from a married person's perspective. Uh, like, I'm a married dude and going out and hanging out with a single horny friend is weird. It's weird. So, Angela's looking for, uh, uh, to, to hook boot, uh, Brennan up with a single horny friend. Right. She, she leaves. Right. We don't, we don't see Troy get disgusted with a body until... Much, much later. Much later. Right. Uh, she leaves, um, and uh, uh, Zach is sent off on a mission to take some photographs. That's because right. Because that's what he, what he does. What he does. And uh, during his mission to the outside world in the park, he uh, picks up he picks up on some clues, mm-hmm. on some numbers that he's seeing around. Yeah, and there's a... There's a phone number the that was on the number. body they thought it was a phone number that connected to uh an old woman had nothing to do with the case right but zach figures out that's not what it is no and and he says what does he say he's well i don't remember this the whole sentence right um but he says something about recondite coats having a complex numeric numeric yeah numerical 
It's yeah. hard to Numerical? say. Numerical? Yeah. Numerical. There it is. Cipher. Yeah. That's um, exactly what he said. I mean, that's that's it. And uh, I didn't know what a recondite code was. No, neither do I. It turns out it's not really actually a type of code. Oh. Um, I mean, it is, but there's nothing fancy about its name other than... Um, and they do usually have... They usually are new numbers. Yeah. Um, but... What it means, I have two uh, etymologies here. One from the etymology just dictionary. Okay. And then one from Merriam-Webster's that I would like to share. Okay. Um, the etymology, etymology dictionary says that it came around in the 1640s. Wait, this word is? Recondite. Recondite, okay. Uh-huh. Came around in 16, around the 1640s, um, and it means removed or hidden from view um, at around that time, perhaps via obsolete uh, French from recondi, um, or the f- Latin reconditis, and perhaps of recondere, to store away, hide, conceal, put back again, put up, or lay up. So when he says uh, recondite, recondite, uh-huh. uh, he simply means hidden codes. Yep. Ah, okay. That's right. So it's just like yeah. any any code that is sort of being uh, hidden from yeah. a person is a little known code. or abstruse, difficult to answer. Okay. Um, so the meaning for recondite codes is hidden from mental view, removed from ordinary understanding. Okay. And that's from the 1650s. And then in 1788, the definition was changed to little known, obscure. Okay. Um, But then Merriam-Webster's Dictionary Online has added a fun little category. Um, Gives you the definition of the word. And then it says, did you know? And um, so from the Merriam-Webster's portion of did you know... It says, recondite is one of those underused but useful words that's always a boon to one's vocabulary. Though it describes something difficult to understand, there is nothing recondite about the word's history. It dates to the early 1600s when it was coined from the Latin word reconditus and the past, partici- the past participle of recondere, to conceal. Concealed is also meaning also a meaning of recondite, albeit an obscure one today. Remove the R-E of recondite, and you get something even more obscure, condite. An obsolete verb meaning to pickle or preserve and to embalm. Add in the prefix in to that quirky charmer, and you get incondite, which means badly put together. An incondite prose. All three words have the Latin word condere at their root, and that verb is translated variously to to put or bring together and to put up or store, as in, perhaps, some pickles or preserves. Huh. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I really liked their little did you know because it has pickles in it. <laughs> What? Just just the fact that it has pickles? Nothing? Too... Well, there's a lot in here that it has going for it. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. But 
the, they seem to obviously find a lot of joy in this word. In, in the in the pickles. In the, well, in all of it, just <laughs> you know. It's a good word. It it is a it, good word. It is. And and, uh, and and do we have the pronunciation correct? I haven't the foggiest idea. Um, I believe so because I did look at that before we mm-hmm, started. But mm-hmm. then you know my, you know how things go with me. Yeah. Um. And. Play. Recondite. Oh, recondite, not recondite. 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 And how are we saying it? Recondite. Recondite. <laughs> recondite. Ever say it again? Recondite. <laughs> Thank you. That's recondite. Okay, so from now on. So how would you say it without the re then? What? Condite. Recondite. Condite. Yeah, see? Condite. It would be condite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said that part right then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Well, that was a a wonderful little... That's Etymology uh, Corner. Yeah, that was a wonderful little little journey down uh, down Etymology Corner. Thank Mm -hmm. you very much. Appreciate that. Um, Pickles. Can we... (laughs) Can we talk a little bit about... um, the weird conversation that um, Booth has in the car with the lawyer while they're trying to get his body exhumed with the uh, naked judge, who I'm just going to call, like, the naked judge. Because through the whole episode, this fat-ass judge is walking around in a robe. Oh, he's walking around in a robe. Of course. Because it's the middle of the night. He's in his jam jam. And also, judges wear robes. Oh! I didn't catch that. So of course part. he's got a robe. He's a judge. Oh it's a bathrobe in this circumstance. Yeah. But that's a little clever little bit there that I didn't even put together. I don't until even now. know if they even put that together. Well, he's a judge in a robe. I mean, he's he's half naked, wandering around in his undies. I didn't consider him half naked. He was wearing boxers. It's not like he was wearing gaping briefs. <laughs> but he was wandering around in his. In I his wouldn't have felt comfortable undies. with his. Being all judgy. That state of undress, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it is supposed to indicate that they're doing this at all hours. Right, sure. And it's like one in the morning when they get there. So, uh-huh. uh, uh, but Temperance and the um, the uh, liberal lawyer uh, are driving there. Mm-hmm. And this lawyer is giving Bones the, the what for about, about Booth. I know. Like really laying into her about how... Wow, doesn't she, doesn't, is she into him? Doesn't she want to have right. sex with him? She feels a real sex vibe. And yeah. And Bone says, no, that's tension. Hot sexual tension. Get it? Ah. Ah. I like when they just come out and say, hey, you at home watching this, we're going to be very clear that In what you're getting is sexual tension. Doesn't let you know. This- <laughs> Let's just be blatant about it. This is sexual tension. And and Bo- and Bones is pretty I believe her when she says she's not into him. Sure. I mean, you know. Ew. Why would you be? Yeah. Not as type as a 
her type at all. No, I don't think so. Though we don't really know what her type is well, yet. I mean, we're seven episodes in. And we don't that really know. Psychiatrist who stole, tried to yeah, steal but that feels like it's really against her best interests because she doesn't like psychiatry. But anyway. is it because she doesn't like psychiatry because she has just broken up with a psychiatrist? No, no. I think that's a long-standing like she it doesn't hasn't make liked any psychiatry sense she for a long time. All, then. I know it doesn't make sense at all, but you know. There she was dating him. So I still, I think we still don't know who her type is. Well, I don't think it's Booth. No. I think that she doesn't, wouldn't fall for that. But we know that it is later. We know that it is later, though. I know. I mean, spoiler alert. But that's because they get to under moments together. Oh. And then things change. People change. Yeah. Yeah. Feelings change. Yeah. That's just the that's just a fact. Right. Are you trying to tell me something? No. Okay. <laughs> Woo <laughs> Yes. Thought we were Here, gonna have to have live on our podcast. Live on our podcast, honey. Feelings change. <laughs> no, no. That's, that's not what I was trying to say. Oh, phew. Uh <laughs> and um they do get the judge to um to exhume this body. In record time. <laughs> it's, there's no way. So, but when they're in the judge's kitchen the first time, they have yeah. 24 hours left. Right. I'm sorry, but there's no way you're going to be able to exhume a body in right. 24 hours. You get the judge's order approving it. Yeah. But then you have to get like a mortician or somebody yeah. of that ilk to assist, I would imagine. You have you to get a crew so. for with the diggers. You have to get the digger up onto the thing. Right. Under your trailer to drive it over to the thing. Right. Or maybe there is just one at the cemetery. It feels already. like there's there's probably a lot. We don't know how far this cemetery is from the uh, Jeffersonian. There's probably some receiving issues and red tape that have to happen. I mean, I am with you. It's just not going to be possible. Not at all. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Completely impossible. So, uh, you nope. know. Nope. Not uh, going to happen, my friend. I don't, I don't think. Happen. You know, and it's one of those things in this episode, too, um, where I was wondering, okay, where's the body? They're not going to do this whole thing without the body. Mm-hmm. And then they bring in the body, and this is like the least gross body, I think, that, that Bones is, has had so far. Well, I, that and the I mean, mummy one. Yeah. I mean, just any kind of mummified. Once right. you remove the liquid. Right. Not not that mm-hmm. not that gross. Right. You know, a little desiccated, a little decayed, but, you know, fairly fairly well preserved, you mm-hmm. know, considering what she's right. been in the ground like five years, seven years, did they say? I can't I remember. I think it was seven. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's... Uh, it was in, and, you know, the... That one had a lot of effect on people. The lawyer couldn't deal with it. Right. Troy couldn't deal with it. He said, you people are sick. And then walked away. Right. And poor Angela was had to deal with the reper- repercussions of not getting laid tonight. Poor thing. Poor thing. But, you know, I think she's better off without, without yeah. Troy. Troy looked like a loser. He really did. Um... And you know Angela, the 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 Angela Angelate. What is it? Angelator, Angelatron, Angelatron. I don't know. I don't remember. Is it the Angel? 
An- Angela Mater? No. <laughs> no, it's not that. I think it's the Angela Tron. I don't know. I'll have to look back. But she, she, the Angela Tron does something very fascinating in this, this one. Yeah. It actually provides a sound. Right. Which it hasn't in previous episodes. Right. It provides like a sound of a whack of mm-hmm. like somebody getting hit with a, with a tire iron. And I thought that was like a. That's amazing. That was a good Like touch. a nice little, little touch that uh-huh. they added the the whack right and you know i don't know it was a little bit little bit comical to me that there was I a mean, sound along with it a little bit comical it is but like i said i buy it more now than i did before i know maybe i buy it less <laughs> it is something you just have to get past <laughs> it is it is but um but, you know fairly fairly okay use of the mm-hmm. of the angela tron this right. time you know it wasn't essential to the case uh this is definitely a looking into the nooks and crannies type of case uh-huh. to find out that we had pollen from the uh harbor yeah, like next the... to a chemical plant uh-huh. and uh then we discover this field of bodies right um after again i think a situation where they like get ground penetrating radar and like a whole bunch of FBI agents out in the middle of the night like to be fair it was only two bodies not a field well, of bodies well that's a lot of bodies i mean i feel i, mean, that's I feel too, like too many if bodies, i found for sure if i found two bodies in a field i would call that a field of bodies i would call that the body field <laughs> <laughs> the body i guess that makes more sense i mean it's just so how what we was it was like the body the, marsh yeah not, not a marsh of bodies but a body right. marsh okay right. yeah so the body marsh they find yeah and uh they realize that epps was behind it the whole time Mother of Pearl. and maybe maybe the question is maybe he deserves to die really maybe Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> now, the death penalty uh, question in this is um, is really interesting. We have uh, Hodgins for for a good spell talking about different ways people have been executed right. throughout history. Uh-huh. And execution uh, and the methods of execution, particularly right. in the United States, mm-hmm. um, is the topic of this week's Science Corner. Science Corner. And it's not going to look... I'm saying science corner. I've already stated where I stand on the issue. Right. I know that will lend a uh, a, a patina of bias, but um, I, you know, I'm actually using we're using studies from the death penalty uh, information center, which mm-hmm. is a nonprofit that collects death penalty data from around the United States. So is Science Corner going to be about how they execute people? Or is it going to be about the data? Just the data. Sort of the the facts of of execution. So it's more like Statistics Corner. Well, yeah. Well, Statistics is a science. I would call that a science. I thought it was a math. Isn't mathematics a science? Or is it different? Is it math and scientists? I guess it is. 
the way you're looking at me is... I... So I can't call it Science Corner? I think it's Statistics Corner this week. <laughs> Can we call it Study Corner? I mean, you don't have a math hypothesis. Maybe you do have a math hypothesis. I think... Oh. Yeah, they're trying to... I mean, yeah. Like, physics is... Is, is math. a science, and you need math to figure yeah. it out. But, I mean, most of it is like trying to but prove is theorems. Math itself a science? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't. Maybe know. one of our uh, skeleton crew can reach <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, let tell us, us know. I'm sure um, one of you knows. So, uh, the so you know there was a brief you know the United States has had um, had a pretty good run. With with executions, um, you know, in the early in the early days, uh, one of the one of the first execution sort of uh, flaps that we hear about in the United States, especially growing up, are the Salem witch trials. Right, you hear about that mm-hmm. all the time about you know women who were who were executed for being witches and and uh, burned at the stake or executed in in other ways in trying to prove that they were witches so right. you know this uh, execution is sort of um it's part of the rich uh, american tapestry okay um uh i oh i learned an interesting fact today that it, when do you think here i'll i'll pose it as a question to you when do you think the last person was killed by guillotine this is not in the United States. This is in France, obviously. But when, what date do you would you say the last person was executed by guillotine? Nineteen seventy-three. Whoa, you are really close. When was it? It was seventy-eight. Oh, I was close. Isn't that wild? Though? That is wild. What yeah. made you wow? How did you go that? I would have not thought that it was full that. disclosure. Yeah. I heard about it recently. <laughs> You just listened to, like... Some podcasts, yeah. About people being guillotined? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Um, good. Well, then I'm right in your wheelhouse here. Right. Um, <laughs> so for a period of time in the United States, uh, execution was um, uh, unconstitutional. It was it was struck down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had a period of time when people uh, could not be executed um, in the United States. Um, that changed in the 70s, and um, and it changed uh, pretty, pretty intensely. I mean, once it became an open option, uh, things, things kicked up uh, pretty, pretty rapidly. Okay, so here are some facts from the Death Penalty Information Center. So, uh, since 1976, there have been 1,570 executions in the United States. This seemed, you know, honestly, it seemed low to me. Really? Yeah, for some reason, I feel maybe I just feel like the United States is a lot more bloodthirsty than <laughs> than it actually is. Oh. Maybe like the way I I feel like every crime show we watch, every you know whether it's like I don't know like like Law and Order or you know any sort of true crime show or um, usually in fiction, you know there's always this like. 
oh, well, I'm going to try to avoid the death penalty. Like, it, like it's, like, way more prevalent than, it seems way more prevalent than, than like, what it actually Well, it I actually mean, circling is. back to this episode. Yeah. The appeals take forever. Right. And oftentimes they die before they are executed. Sure. Sure. So that would lower it a little right. bit. Right. And maybe that's why. Maybe that's why there's mm-hmm. been um, there's been so relatively few. I mean, I say relatively few, but one thousand five hundred and seventy people dead by the hands of the state, right? In you know, since nineteen seventy six, is a is a lot of people. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. I thought How it many? would be more, <laughs> but it's a lot. Um, since nineteen seventy six, there was a really kind of like. There was kind of like a stuttered start to it. There was okay. just like a couple of, there were a couple of executions. Um, then it like, uh, in the 80s, um, it shot up like crazy. Like, like precipitously. Mm-hmm. So I seem to recall that. From the, from the 80s to the 90s, um, 1998 was the most active year for executions with a total of 98 executions. Whoa. Yeah. Holy shit. A lot of people died in prisons that year. 85 the next year, um, dipped down into the sixties, then back up to 71, but it's been in a, in a pretty serious decline, um, since then. Mm -hmm. So there's been a wild decline in, um, in executions, and we are averaging around, you know, under 20 a year for, okay. for the last, uh, well, since, well, for the last, I would say, five, six years. Yeah. So it's been, it's been declining um, well, quite a bit. Well, that's comforting. It is comforting. That's, it's good to know. Uh, they're, they're choosing life in prison uh, a lot more. In fact... Uh, the the Parkland shooting case mm-hmm. um, was a life imprisonment case, uh-huh. and so when you think of like when you think of a, a a case as as intense as that, right, um, with a death toll as high, right, um, you know it is it is surprising that mm-hmm. prosecutors, especially in Florida, right, would not seek um, the death penalty there. So it's falling. I, kind of out of fashion i guess which is kind of a ghoulish way to talk about it but well no but i mean death public death has always been a social event whether sure. we like to admit it or yeah. not yeah it's true yeah so now you can see how fashion comes into play the uh the death penalty information center has a lot of great uh statistics on race and the death penalty um, and this one is, is pretty wild. So, um, right now on death row, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty even in terms of representation, racial representation, uh, between blacks and whites. Mm-hmm. It's about 40 something percent, um, of, of, uh, death row inmates are black and 40 something percent of them are white. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty even. Um, but I don't know, given that there's so many more white people in the United States. That's true. That's true. It would seem a little off to me. A little off. Yeah. Um, 
the uh, the rates of uh, executed defendants, thirty four percent since nineteen seventy six have been black, fifty five percent have been white. Um, what gets really interesting is um, the race of the victim and how it relates to when the death penalty is sought. So in death penalty cases, when prosecutors bring the death penalty forward, uh, it's done in cases where uh, 75% of those cases have a white victim. God, that's um, huge. 16% of those cases have a black victim. So what what that says is that when the victim is white, yep. there is a far better chance that prosecutors are going to bring a, a death penalty case, which would seem to suggest the state has a uh, different value mm-hmm. on the life of white people versus sure the life that of, way. Of, of black people. But that's not um, a surprise to anyone, is it? At this point? Yeah, probably not, We've right? We've had a lot of evidence to that. Um, and we keep praying it'll get better. They and, um, they dig down yeah. a lot into these statistics. In Louisiana, the odds of a death uh, sentence were 97% higher for those whose victims was white than for those whose victims was black. So that's a lot. Yeah. 97% is, oh is massive. Um, a study in California found that uh, those convicted of killing whites were more than three times as likely to be sentenced to death as those convicted of killing blacks, and more than four times more likely as those convicted convicted of killing Latinos. So uh, the lesson here is uh, if you kill a white person mm-hmm. in the United States, um, the fact. state is more likely to go after you. Than if you were to kill a minority. Yep. Um, so it makes the death penalty it feel pretty pretty dubious. Um, let's see. Uh, innocent. Oh, this is good. And we'll talk about innocence rates now. Um, since 1973, more than 190 people have been released from death row uh, with evidence of innocence. Since when? Since 1973. Wow. And so this averages out to about um, four uh, wrongfully convicted uh, prisoners being released from death row every year. Wow. Four every year since 1973. Um, Which is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. And if we're slowing down to the point now where we're not bringing those convictions as much, it would seem like, I don't know. It's, it's, that's a, it's wild to think that given the numbers, four of those convicted every year would be, would be let out of prison. Um, by region. Now, were they let out of prison or just left taken off death row? Uh, they were, uh, exonerated. Whoa. Yeah. Totally exonerated. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Executions by region. Um, don't, don't kill anybody in the South. <laughs> well, I think Especially we all know that. Especially don't kill somebody white in the right. South. 
because uh, in the south of the United States, um, they have they have executed one thousand two hundred and eighty one prisoners. Holy that God. is most of them since since the death penalty was reinstated. Oh my God! Uh, the Midwest, where we are, counts for uh, the third highest with one hundred and ninety seven. Um, the West, despite having so much space over there, uh, <laughs> the West uh, is uh, has executed 89. Uh, Northeast, uh, only four. And Texas gets its own, own uh, very special category. Of course uh, it it's does. its own region with 583 uh, executions in Texas um, since the death penalty was reinstated. Wow. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, what's what's wild is that there's also studies about deterrence, all right? And this comes back to the region. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people who support death penalty say, well, I support it because you, you know, when you know that you could be killed for the murder, right. you're probably not going to commit it. And that does not seem to be true according to the studies so um the uh death penalty uh information study uh information center studied um 30 years of fbi uniform crime reports um of homicide data and they found that the south has consistently had by far the highest murder rate despite the fact that the South accounts for the lion's share uh, up to 80% of executions. That's bonkers to me, because you know what? We all go to the South to get our sun fix. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they're, we're all depressed up here, <laughs> lacking in vitamin D. Why are they going crazy killing each other all the time <laughs> when know. we're the ones with the chronic depression up here? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe the depression makes us too lazy to kill somebody. <laughs> it's like, I'd rather stay in bed. I'd, I'd rather stay in bed than murder you. <laughs> Regardless of how well, I feel. And I guess they probably, you know, I bet you the murder rates decline in the harsh, cold winters. Yes. Yeah. Less people so, are like, less likely to be hanging out in groups outside. So despite their... Phenomenal so group... rate of of executions. Yeah. Um, the murder rate in the South is six point four per one hundred thousand. Well, I'm gonna blame it on the weather. In the Northeast, and this might back you up. In the Northeast, uh huh, three point three, so half. Wow. Half per one hundred thousand. Wow. So, you know, uh. Apparently, despite the fact that, you know, old old Sparky is down there just waiting for your ass. Yeah. Um, that's not going to keep you from killing people. But that fucking heat and humidity is going to get you. <laughs> just going to go And you're going to go batshit crazy. Yeah. And yeah. kill your neighbor because they sprayed a mosquito repellent <laughs> and you love bees. So I will say that although I said old Sparky... Um, They're not using old Sparky. They are still using what? old Sparky. Yes. Um, electrocution is still um, used. 
oh, as God. a method of execution. But most executions now in most states primarily is lethal injection. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of problems recently with with lethal injection and botched executions. Oh God! Yeah, there's been there's been several. What a nightmare! Where, Could you imagine? Where they've survived. Fuck! And or they've shown or it's taken way too long. <gasps> For them to die. So it turns into cruel and unusual punishment. Right. Which, so, you know what? So it's led to several states um, backtracking the... on on using lethal injection. Mm-hmm. It has also prompted Idaho, because it's getting harder to acquire lethal injection drugs, it's also prompted the state of Idaho to to uh, seek out firing squads mm-hmm. as, as a means of uh, oh death penalty. Now, firing squads do remain legal and a Mm -hmm. means of right execution in four states well this is how i don't know that they can get around i have so many questions about the legal system but you know the cruel and unusual punishment thing yeah i'm sorry but fucking killing somebody's cruel right and using electricity to do it is unusual It feels that way. Yeah. It's, so there's that. Yeah. And this is going to, this is just a side note that we'll have to discuss in a separate episode. But also that whole, you know, tr- you trying to get off because you're insane. Mm-hmm. I just really feel like if you've murdered someone, you're mentally ill. Right. Yeah. Aren't that, they that, all insane? You would see, You would think so. And no judgment with mental illness. I right. think we have all got a little touch, but yeah. some more than others. And I just, I, I think seems... it's, I think it's where that, that's where the premeditation issue, right. Comes in. It's like, if you, if you premeditated, planned, you know, and, and actually went through with the murder, Mm-hmm. That that it feels still like a make very sense to me because people who are insane plan all sorts of shit, <laughs> and I don't see how that makes you less insane. Right? No, I agree with you. In fact, that in anything makes you more obsessive. <laughs> right. Right. Which and I'm sure we'll get into mental health issues here as we. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. And... That is not what you were trying to get to, but. There's just so many little things about the law that they say, well, that's the law because it says this. And I'm like, but why does it say that? That's dumb. So uh, since 1976, method used, uh, there's been three dead by firing squad. Since 1976, three by hanging, 11 by gas chamber, 163 by execution since, or Hmm. by by electrocution since What do you think the most humane method is if it, if you had to choose out of all of those you know have you ever seen the meaning of life monty python's the yeah, meaning of yeah, life yeah. in the beginning where like you get to choose your style of execution uh-huh. and a man chooses to be chased off a cliff yeah but being chased by a group of like buxom topless women yeah who are running after him that wasn't one of your choices though i said if you had to choose out of this grouping no, I'm not saying that would be my choice. Ah. I'm just saying, like, you know. It's a great, unique choice. I, I don't know. You know, there's, I feel like they have, 
they've got like those suicide machines in Europe now where you, they can like put you in and they give you a medication. You get to look out at the vista. There were parameters they, on this question. What, oh, which of the ones? Of I don't think any of them. I don't. What would I choose? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I, that the being like tied to the gurney thing. Mm -hmm. mm -mm, no, mm -mm, not gonna happen. No, that is more terrifying to me. That like being strapped to anything, you know. So I guess I guess I guess hanging. Hanging was the one I was gonna choose too, even though it seems to take a long time. Yeah, but it feels I don't know. like somehow I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. It's it that would be that would be. It would what be would your last meal be? My last meal would be tater tot casserole. Uh, you guys, I just made him that for Father's Day. A whole bunch of it to put in the freezer. Because you see, I can't eat potatoes. Yeah. And so he never gets them. The potato or the tater tot casserole. So he was desperate for it. Isn't that weird? Like of all you just asked me, that's what it came into my head. That's all you would ask for? Like, what to drink? What's your dessert? I don't know. Um, considering that I wouldn't have to deal with, like, the repercussions of, like, lactose intolerance, mm -hmm. I'd just go, like, full... Oh, they ice, would have to like, deal... Like, straight up dairy, ice cream, <laughs> but they probably you know, put a diaper milk, on yeah. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. Big milkshakes, milk. lots of milkshakes. Um, I would have a steak. And because I wouldn't have to deal with the repercussions, I would have a potato. And then Ben and Jerry's chubby hubby. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's a good last meal. And, um, oh, and that wine that we had that one time. We don't drink very much anymore, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would, probably, I would probably get some booze, booze in me, too. Yeah. If they do that. I don't know if they do. I don't know if they do either. Um, the uh, court of public opinion. This is the last little statistic we have. Um, probably the reason why why there are so few executions now um, mm -hmm. is because these officials are elected, um, and they probably understand that a very clear majority of Americans um, would uh, choose a punishment other than the death penalty for murderers. Sixty percent. Wow. Of Americans. Um, 4% have no opinion, and uh, the remaining 36 um, would would choose the death penalty. So a clear majority of Americans are don't think it's very bueno to be yeah. killing, for the state to be killing people. So that's a little rundown on the death penalty, um, and that brings us uh, up to the end of our episode here. Um, so bone to pick. Oh, bone to pick. Oh, I think it does definitely that whole exhuming the body yeah. thing was just crazy. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this one. Uh, the bone to pick for me was the fact that we're looking at, uh, at people who are working in a very serious governmental bureaucracy. Yeah, and, and that does not there is take 24 no hours. way... That over the course of 30 hours that you could cut through all the red tape yeah, necessary no to get the FBI, like to get the FBI out to a marsh with mm -hmm. ground penetrating radar yeah. to look for this stuff. Yeah. Like and exhuma that, body. And exuma body. No. I mean, come on. This is. But also the fact that Booth claims he's wearing a 
$1,200 suit. Right. It's also... <laughs> when he's in the marsh and he right. refuses to dig uh, for clues with bones, and he claims that he has a $1,200 that's suit. such bullshit. There's no way that suit costs no. $1,200. No. 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 And, and if it does... Shame on you, Boo. Yes. Because it doesn't look like a twelve hundred dollar suit. Bad choice. And my even friend. why you're in the FBI, why the fuck are you wearing a twelve hundred dollar suit? Dumb, you're gonna get shot at. Or, you know, it's a messy job. You're chasing criminals, yeah. no. you're doing all this Mm-mm. shit, you're out in the field. It's why bullshit. the fuck are you wearing a twelve thousand dollar twelve thousand? Twelve hundred dollar suit. Ah, oh, booth. Come on, dude. Bullshit. Alright. Um well. That's that's it for this episode, unless you have something you would well, like to add. Well, we have a final thought, don't we? Oh, we do have a final thought. Um, but hey, before we get to that final thought, let's remind people that yes. you can come to our uh, our newsletter. Please which is do. Which is marriedmystery, all one word, dot substack, dot com. And you can subscribe to receive uh, updates about how our novel is doing. Uh, if you are a paid subscriber, you can get excerpts. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I will also be publishing soon uh, the backstories on the dogs, which <laughs> are, will be exclusive to su- subscribers. Uh, the dogs are a major character mm-hmm. in our uh, in our novel. Um, and if you subscribe, you also have a chance to um, to be named, uh, have That's a character right. named after you in the book. And uh, finally, uh, when in, when our book is published, yep, um, you will receive a, a first copy uh, cool. thanks to your subscription. So please consider subscribing um, to How to Write a Mystery with Your Spouse, um, which is our newsletter. And uh, we would love you to to be a part of that. Um, and that's what we'll wrap up with. Okay. And here is our final thought, which comes from Temperance, Temperance Bones Brennan. Uh-huh. Who says, we all share in the death of every human being. <sighs> Take that with you. Take that with you this week. And we'll now talk to you next heavy. week. I know. Sorry. Or should I feel light? Feel light. I don't know. <laughs> See, this is the Gemini. Problem. There you go. Mm-hmm. All <laughs> well, right. Thank loves. you all for joining us. Thank you so and much. We'll talk to you next week and have a great week.